Sarah, are you ready? I'm a lady. And welcome to Idol Days, the show about idol anime. I'm Star. I'm Sarah. And today we are back with part two of our Wake Up Girls coverage slash review slash discussion, etc. Yeah, and for part two, we're actually not on season two. We are in the nether region, <gasps> netherworld. Oh, that sounded worse than I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we talked about this a little bit on our first episode of Wake Up Girls, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to that one, you, you're going to need to listen to that one before this one, um, especially if you have not watched the anime. But yeah, so Wake Up Girls um, has, it's hard to watch just because of how much stuff there is and you have to go in order Mm -hmm. or else it won't make sense. Mm -mm. So Wake Up Girls has has a movie. Yep. And then the first season of 12 episodes, which all of that was covered in our first episode on Wake Up Girls. Yep. Uh, And then there are two more movies. Two. And then a second season. So many. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. And it makes it tricky because the second and third movies, the ones we're talking about in this episode, um, I could not find a legal place to watch them because, like, they're not on Crunchyroll. I'm not sure if there's any, like, official subtitles versions of them. Mm. Uh, We watched them on YouTube. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Incriminating evidence. No, that was not um, for legal reasons. That was a joke. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, for a long time, there was just like no good way to watch these movies subtitled. Mm. Um, but they are very important for understanding the plot of season two. So it's oh, like, really? hey, yeah, no, I tried to watch. Um, I tried to watch season two without watching the movies because I'm like, I can't find the movies. I'm just gonna go straight on to season two because maybe since they were theatrical releases, it won't be as important. No, they're super important. Oh no, I have not started season two yet. That's my Sarah spoiler. So yeah, I I watched them back when they. Fir- I watched the second season back when it first came out. Not all of it, just mm-hmm. the first few episodes. And I'm like, I don't know why we're here. I don't know what's going on. Who's that? Oh, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. So um. anyway, so we're going to be discussing the movies today. Yes. Um, and then our third and final episode will be coming out in two weeks. That will be our season two coverage. We decided to split Wake Up Girls into three parts because doing a movie and the first season last time made for a really long episode. Really long. And also... It's hard to edit these episodes, especially when you're recording them like the week before they have to go up. So we're giving ourselves a little bit of a buffer. Behind the scenes. Making it a little easier on ourselves. You can think of our Wake Up Girls episodes as the Idle Days Divine Comedy. You know, you start in hell, you go to purgatory, and maybe we'll see what happens in the last one. But we might we might ascend. We'll see. <laughs> Sarah! <laughs> Listen, I know you didn't like the first season that much, but calling it hell, I think, might be a bit strong. You did watch Idol Project. I did watch Idol Project. Idol Project is way worse. I'm also thinking more in the terms of animation. That's kind of what my my visual that, okay. thing Okay, see, that's more fair. That's, that's more that's fair. That's kind of more where I was going. We'll see how it again, goes. Again, to reiterate, in case you did not listen to the whole last episode... We are not ragging on the animators. Nope. They were clearly in crunch. We are ragging on crunch culture for Boo making the crun- animation look like it did. Boo crunch culture. And yay for shitty animation for Sarah. Oh, it's so much fun. Maybe that was me ascending. Maybe now we're going into hell. 
Wait, wait, wait. We ascended and now we're going back. Now we're going back down because because honestly, Sarah, that bad animation Sarah, was so good. linear progression, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've been talking for like five minutes and have not started on the anime yet. So uh, I think we should just get into it. I guess really quick recap of who the girls are. That might be good. Just, yes. 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 Good idea. So there are seven idol girls. Uh... I guess the for the movies, they all kind of are, like, they don't really have any introductions, so they're all kind of already there. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's a sequel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, movie, it's so totally like, a you're sequel. Ex- uh, these movies, they're not going to start introducing the Avengers at the beginning of Endgame, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that being said, these movies are definitely not standalone movies. In the same way that no. you can't watch season two without the movies, you can't watch the movies without season one. Yep. Uh, yep. So... Let's think characters. There's Mayu. She mm-hmm. is their center. She has like grayish, brownish, blackish hair. Uh, yeah. Bangs. It's a little bit longer in the front than the back, depending on who's animating it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she used to be an idol. Uh, then she wasn't an idol. And now she is an idol. Yes. Yeah, so she used to be in this big group called I1 Club, which is totally not AKB48. Totally not. Um, but then there was drama. She quit. And then she ended up joining Wake Up Girls, which is our main group, and they're much smaller. Yes. Uh, then there is Yoshino, but we are going to go by her nickname, Yopi. Uh, she also has long, dark hair, but hers is kind of more of a purpley black tint. Uh, it's kind of bluish, yeah. Kind of bluish. Uh, she used to be... Well, she she came into becoming part of Wake Up Girls for after being like a model like doing photo shoots Mm -hmm. and stuff trying to make it big but not being able to uh and in the movie she gets a haircut yep it's cute oh man we need to talk about this haircut though because (laughs) the internet was so upset when she got the haircut i can imagine let me take you back in time to um the wug fan base when this movie first was announced and people saw like the very first promotional images of yopi with the short hair and the internet collectively lost their shit oh they were like what the hell why'd she cut her hair okay and so here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing apparently they gave her the haircut because they kept like the fans kept getting Mayu and oh. Yopi confused because they both kind of had the longer dark mm-hmm. hair. But here's the thing: their hairstyles are not like the hairstyles are similar, yeah. but they have completely different hair colors. Like it's not as exaggerated as it is in other anime, mm-hmm. but like it's very clearly brown and blue are like the tones there. So I don't understand why people kept getting it messed up. But here, here's the fun part, Sarah. Uh huh. Um, in this, so like her hair's super short in the movie. It's like kind of a pixie cut mm. and i he, spicy take i like her short hair i love I think her it short looks hair really really cute i think it's adorable she looks older too i love her hair in the movie um in the second season it grows out to kind of like um a little bit shorter than irie length but the problem is um so a lot of times like i'll go and like look up wake up girls cosplayers mm-hmm. and um you can tell when they based their wigs 
on season <laughs> one versus season two. Because season one, it's very easy to tell who each of the characters are. Season two, I cannot freaking tell the difference between Airi and Yoshino and Mayu 90% of the time. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, 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 they, this backfired horribly, movie producers. Oh, no. Yeah, in my head, like, because I didn't research why her hair was cut. I was like, oh, maybe the voice actor got her hair cut, so they did it for performances. But no, it was just because people got no, confused. There was, so, no, yeah, so um, there was actually a joke about that in the uh, spinoff series, which I'm not sure if we're going to cover ever, mm. um, but Wake Wug Zoo is like their, um, a lot of idol series will have like the short little like mini series, five minute episodes based on like a comic or whatever. Mm. And uh, Wake Up Girls, theirs is like, the plot is the exact same, but instead of idols, they're zoo animals and it's just them and the Kigurumis. Ah. Um, and there's apparently a gag in there about like Yopi getting mad that people keep can't tell her and Mayu apart. And I'm like, they look. They don't really look anything alike, though. Yeah. So I don't understand why this was a problem. You have fixed a problem and made it worse. Maybe the merchandisers were like, okay, but if we make them look more different, they'll buy more merch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know. Whatever. All I know is that in the second season, they changed Mayu's hair color so it's more black. And then uh... Yopi's hair is like a dark blue. And I'm like, it's even harder to tell them apart now. Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, since we also mentioned Irie, we'll go back to the characters. So Irie is another yes. character that uh, her hair is more brown than black, but you know it everything. It's kind of it's kind of greenish depending yes. on what season you're looking at. Uh, and her hair is like slightly shoulder length. Uh, she is the normal one, mm-hmm. <laughs> like normal, normal girl. type Pokemon, Nor- as you said last time. She's the Eevee before you evolve it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then I guess there's, uh, Nanami, probably? She plays a decent role in the movies. Yeah, so, like, Nanami is one we didn't learn too much about in the series, Mm -hmm. and she does get a little bit more development in the movies, which is nice. Yes, she is, um, she has, like, a pony, like, one single ponytail, blunt bangs. She wants to be part of a theater group called Hikari Zuka. Um, It's totally not Takarazuka. Totally not. Definitely not. Uh, she's the rich girl. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Minami. She has two little tiny ponytails. Uh, she's the youngest of the group. Um, she's baby. She, she's baby. She used to be part of a folk singing club and won singing competitions for folk singing, but now is mm-hmm. idol. Uh, and yep. then there's Kaya. Uh, she has no bangs. She has long, wavyish hair that is either more blonde or brown, depending on what you're looking at. And mm-hmm. she is... I don't know. She's kind of the mature one. That's her vibe. Yeah. I, I hesitate to call her the... She's like... She's not... She's somewhere between mom friend and angry aunt Yeah, I would friend. consider more a kind of an aunt friend. <laughs> yeah, she's not soft enough to be the mom friend, but she kind of has that mom, like, making sure everybody's good, watching out for the group mentality. Yes. But she also, like, in the first episode, throws shoes at people. So, yes. like, that's the thing that happens. Yeah, but moms can throw shoes at people. I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. Last one is Mew. Uh, she is made cafe girl. Um, she has the most idle energy out of all these girls. She's got like long pigtails. Uh, they're kind of like a warm brown color. She's cutie. She's mm-hmm. very like ginky energy. And it's also cute because she's the tallest one, but she's also like the super cute one, which I like. Yeah. I like me as a tall. I appreciate that so <laughs> much. I'm like, yes, thank you. 
And then for non-idol characters, there's Matsuda, their producer. He's very normal. Matsuda! <laughs> Matsuda! You call that swimming! You call that swimming! <laughs> <laughs> now kick! <laughs> anyway. Oh boy, we are referencing the old memes <laughs> the, here. <laughs> the deep memes of lore or... Uh, so yeah, he's he's a producer for the idols. He did, used to be just a normal talent producer, so he's a little inexperienced. Uh, he cares about the girls, but he has a hard time sticking up for himself or others in a professional sense. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there is the president of the company, Tenge. Uh, she's unprofessional in a different way, which is that she's very chaotic. Yes. Um, she, she's like, she's got all these connections, but she's also kind of just this agent of chaos, will literally beat up people who, like, give her issues. Uh, constantly but smoking also and drinking, like, yeah. Yeah, and constantly smoking, constantly drinking, um, is, just wants to make money mostly. She's kind of toned that down in the movies, mm -hmm. um, but the vibe is still kind of there. Yes, she's like a shady business person. But also an idol president, but also not sh mm -hmm. not shady in like the the idolish seven guy way. Shady in a different way. <laughs> not evil producer shady. That we have another character for that, and we'll get yes. to him. Oh yes. <laughs> so uh, the first movie is uh, Seishun no Kage, which is like the shadow of youth. Mm -hmm. We um we open the movie on um. Basically exactly where we left off last time. Yep. Um, we see the Wake Up Girls Idol Festival concert from the end of season one, and we actually get, like, really nice animated version of them doing their Seven Girls War song mm -hmm. for about ten seconds. And my heart sank because I really wished it was the bad one. <laughs> no, of course they were going to reanimate this for the Aww. movie because it was, uh, hmm, yeah, we discussed last time the animation production problems they had last time where they were uh, cramped for time. I know, but I wish. It's my heart of yeah, hearts. The, just the movies in general look a lot nicer than mm -hmm. the series. And I feel like most anime movies do just from the sense that they're, there's pre-production, right? Like they're not doing yeah. it at the same time as they're releasing it. Yeah, it's not like a weekly schedule. Mm -hmm. So the movies do, in general, look much nicer, much prettier Mm -hmm. than the actual series mm -hmm. at least the first season second season like i said we haven't watched it yet so yeah. it might be prettier because they did switch animation companies anyway we watch about 10 seconds of actually very good song and dance animation and then the tv gets turned off Pew! how was because that we... kids <laughs> 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 what'd you think of watching yourselves do things <laughs> so where we leave off is now we have switched the scene to all the girls and their two producers, the president and Matsuda, um, in a, like, this... Matsuda! This big <laughs> man... Are we just going to scream his name like that every time we say it? Yes. I feel also, like we should. Also, this is really weird, just so you guys know. Uh, going out of just Ida Illuminati canon, Matsuda actually uh -oh. is the Matsuda from Death Note. I don't think most people know no! that. No! No, I'm not you're kidding me! I'm not talking about the voice actor. I'm talking about just, oh. this is, it's the same character. I decided. <laughs> Sarah, you got my hopes up oh, I'm for a sorry. second. I was about to freaking hyperventilate oh, from sorry. joy there. No, I'm going into- You got me so excited, Sarah. <laughs> I'm going into- Matsuda <laughs> Death Note is the best character, and I don't care. He is. People can- It's like, pe okay, no, we're talking about Death Note for a few minutes because you brought it up. 
Listen, I've watched Death Note several times. It is an anime that I do enjoy quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. People can love Light and L as much as they want and just, like, get so much joy from them being, who can see, who can be smarter at each other every episode. Matuda's best boy and I will die on this fucking hill, okay? I love him. Anyway, we're talking about Wake Up Girls. <laughs> I just realized the parallels between the Death Note and the Char- Sherlock fandom, but we'll also not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to hear about the Sherlock thing that you brought up, because no. this is the episode of Tangents. We're 20 minutes into it, and we barely talked about the idol anime. Tell me about BBC Sherlock, Sarah. So, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Idol Days, this podcast about idol anime. Today we're talking about Death Note and BBC Sherlock. So anyway, Watson, also Matsuda, also Matsuda. Oh my god. <laughs> Got to call at the end of the last season being like, hey, we want you guys to join our major record label. And mm-hmm. so here all they are. up now from all this excess Matsuda love. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> So yes, they got a call from this production agency saying, hey, we want to release your song as a single, put it out as like, we're a major record label, this will be super good for your brand. My brand. And they're like, my brand. And they're like, hell yeah, we're going to do that. Um, So this is their meeting with the dude that they're going to be interfacing with from the company Bevex. Bevex. Which is totally not in any way, shape, or form related to Avex, no. the company that like produces Wake Up Girls. I'm not sure exactly what their uh, relationship with this company is. All I know is that all the Wake Up Girls music videos are on the Avex channel, so mm. there's some sort of politics there. Anyway, they're parodying themselves, basically, yes. and I thought it was kind of cute. Either that, or they're like, why would you go with Bevex when you could go with Avex? Nah. This is like Hikari Zuka, Takara Zuka type thing. Yep. They're just changing one syllable and making it a different, not copyright related thing. Yes. Yay! Uh, the meeting's pretty short. They're just like, yeah, we're going to distribute your CDs. And if they're successful, we'll do you no- give, give you guys another song. And if that's successful, so on and so forth. And uh, if you're not successful, uh, let's worry about that later. Bye. Yeah. And um, also, this dude that they're interfacing with, his name is Carlos. And he's extremely... Um, I guess eccentric is a nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. He's kind of obnoxious. Yes. He kind of talks like this a little bit. <laughs> um, he's like, wow, I love idols so much. And we're going to make so much money off of your song. I mean, you guys. Woo-hoo. Wink. A wink. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is uh, totally going to end well. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's a little montage of the girls wandering around Tokyo and them doing cute Mm -hmm. things, so that was always enjoyable. Uh, Sarah loves cute girls doing cute things. I love cute girls doing cute things. I did not see Hatsune Miku, so there's the one downside. (laughs) Miku, donde esta Miku? (laughs) Anyway, so because of this contract now, the girls are having to travel back and forth between their home city of Sendai and Tokyo, like, every weekend for work, we kind of get a short scene discussing, like, their schedules. Mm-hmm. Most of the characters are still students. And so during the week, they do activities around Sendai, and then they go to school. And then on the weekends, they travel to Tokyo. They stay overnight there, and they do, like, dance and voice lessons to prep for producing their single, etc. Yes. Uh, and 
the BVEX campus is like not it's not just like a CD studio. It's like a whole like learning campus. Like mm-hmm. this is like crab shack for not school kids. <laughs> Everybody, get out your Idle Days bingo <laughs> cards and cross off the crab shack square because we've there's our crab shack quota for the episode. <laughs> you gotta have at least one. I pity all the people who, like, Wake Up Girls is their first series of ours that they've listened to and have no idea why we keep talking about crabs. <laughs> if you want to know more about our crab series, go listen to I- or not Love Live episodes. Love Live. Love Live was the uh, first time we referenced the Crab Shack. Yes. Um, but, yeah, this is their own fancy crab hut. And mm-hmm. <laughs> all the idols are, like, so the Wake Up Girls idols are not the only idols there. There's, like, idols mm-hmm. from all these other popular groups. And within all these popular groups, the girls are judged based on their skill level and split into different classes based on their skill levels. Yeah. So there's, like, SS rank, S rank, A, B, and C rank, with SS being the best and C being the, the worst. We're familiar with and these s- numbers because we play gotcha games. I've played Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> I know how we do. <laughs> well, no, this is our this is our uh, 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 Dante's Inferno. This is our Devil May Cry, super sexy rank, super smoking oh style wait, rank. Wh- <laughs> Hold on, is that actually what it stands for? I haven't played Devil May Cry. I think in one, really? of, one of the English ones, they yeah, they do super smoking style, super sexy style, sexy style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil May Cry is ridiculous. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, so the girls get divided up. Uh, Mayu is SS. She's our veteran idol, so this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yopi and Nanami are S-class, and Nanami's like a little bit salty about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Miyu made cafe, and Kaya, forehead, are in A. Minami, little baby, is B. And Airi, normal child, is in C rank, which is like, oof. Yeah. Because uh, you see, you get like a glimpse of all of their classes. Iris class, the lowest class, is mostly like little kids. Yeah. Uh, it's like you're going into the martial arts studio and you're trying to get your white belt with all the other <laughs> kids. Yep. I mean, that's a very good way of putting it, actually. It's like that Seinfeld episode, speaking of tangents. Uh, okay, well, that's not on the bingo card, but. No, uh, Seinfeld hmm. isn't yet, but you know, there's one where Kramer goes to get white tank martial arts classes. Ends up in a class with kids. I'll take your word for it. Is it shameful if I admit that I've never actually watched Seinfeld? No, you gotta you gotta culturally absorb Seinfeld. You don't have to watch it. Oh, okay. It's like okay, it's like know. oxygen. You just kind of like, oh yeah, huh? I have that in me now. You just absorb it into your <laughs> your system, and then yeah. you just cultural osmosis of Seinfeld. Yeah, definitely. It's like before mm-hmm. I watched Love Live, I knew a lot about Love Live. I like that we spent we're spending a whole episode talking about just two 50 minute long movies because it means that we have time for all of the bullshit tangents that we've we were rushing done. through too much last time. Now we have to go on <laughs> tangents. Yep. I, I mean, so like, this is why you guys should be happy that we're breaking Wake Up Girls into three parts. You get Seinfeld, you get Star's Death Matsuda! Note <laughs> Matsuda! You call that swimming, you son of a bitch! <laughs> if you're not familiar, look up Matsuda's swimming lessons. It is a gif. It is probably the first thing that will pop up on Google Images. It's very long. It is the highlight of my life every time I watch it. <laughs> Uh, it's like a minute long gif, gif, whatever you want to pronounce it. Um, Chief. 
No, that's Sarah. That's peanut butter. You <laughs> fool. You trash. <laughs> Jif actually is what I say. Oh, yeah. See, we can't disprove that one. Guy Fieri. Giraffical. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so they do their lessons. We get, like, some different shots of their lessons. And then, um... This, this next scene's very cute, actually. Um, so they all go to their hotel. Um, the company they work with has got them a hotel for the weekend. And they're all in, like, these three separate rooms. And they're like, okay, everyone, good night. And they shut the door. And then, like, there's a beat. And then they all walk back out into the hallway and stare at each other. It's like, hey, do you guys want to hang out? <laughs> yeah. And so, they, so they're all hanging out and talking about their things. And there's, like, a little scene where Matsuda also, meanwhile, is hanging out with one of his friends. And he summarizes the season, first season, just in case you mm-hmm. didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Uh, and there's also a scene at some point around here where Tenge visits Shiraki-san. Which, yeah, the I1 producer. Who, yeah, he, which is, like, hmm, what's this about? He's this season, or he's Wake Up Girls' is evil producer, basically. So he's yeah. in charge of I1. Uh, he's super mean. He's the one who f- basically fired Mayu. Um, mm-hmm. And then Tenge visits him, and they start talking, and you're like, he's like, oh, it's been years since St. Forty broke up, and you're like, oh, Tenge must have been an Ooh. idol. This must have been a new mystery. And then they, like, break the tension, like, two minutes later, which is like, come on, wake up, girls! You could at least give me more tension for the movies! Come on, guys! They keep doing this! Yes. Yeah. So, like, it was, it's one of those things where it's, like, they, they set up all these questions. They're, like, oh, man, do, they, do these two know each other? How do they know each other? What's going on? What's this? And then by the end of the conversation, it's, like, you know everything. I'm, like, then what was the point of setting up all the questions at the beginning? You could have at least given us ten minutes to figure it out instead of 30 seconds. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so apparently... Uh, Teng- like, there's a lot of hints throughout the first season that mm-hmm. Tenge and the evil producer know each other somehow, but they didn't really elaborate on it too much in the first season. Come to find out, Tenge, Wake Up Girls' is president, used to be an idol, like, 30 years ago, and Chiraki, the evil president of I1, was her producer back then. Which is an interesting concept. Yes. So... Yeah, especially because, like, Shiraki doesn't actually look that old, but maybe he's supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. He he looks a lot older than Tenge does. Oh, uh, that's fair. That's true, because Tenge doesn't look that bad. Um, yeah. She's very elderly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, assuming that she became an idol when she was, like, 15, she'd be in, like, her mid-40s, early 50s, and I, I could believe that she yeah, would be fair. that old. That's valid, but I don't know if I could see Shiraki being, like, 65 that's the only thing right it's because he wouldn't have, eh, he I wouldn't have I been 15 like, i feel like for an anime character that's fair you could you could pass him off as older that's fair that's fair he, um, he definitely anime. doesn't talk like one but like he's got like the face wrinkles and stuff like that and just like the worst haircut he does have the absolute worst haircut that's how you know he's, he's got evil. he's got these super short straight across bangs yeah. and like these like squinty little eyes he's like he just looks evil when you look at him. Mm-hmm, definitely. He's just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I make a face like I'm always smelling something bad. <laughs> because you know what I'm not smelling? It's not money. So I smell, it smells bad. I want to sniff money always. Sniff, mm, sniff. Yes. Sniff, sniff, sniff that money. Mm. <laughs> anyway. 
Yes. So you find out Tenge used to be in this idol group. They broke up for whatever reason. Because yeah, they, they don't really go into it. And yeah. they say it was anticlimactic. Yeah. So it's which like, I guess, like, they just kind of fizzled out. And then uh, he's also like, have you talked to any of the other members? And she's like, no, not really. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also There's also yeah. a point where he asks how Mayu's doing. And it's like, okay, you guys. He's like, you you, don't, you were a bitch to her. Why should I tell you anything? Yeah. He's like, geez, you, you were the one who caused all the trauma that we covered in season one. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh. Um, and I mean, I guess that's about it with the Tenge scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a couple more, like, little scenes scattered throughout this part. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we keep getting montages of them going back and forth doing their idol work in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, like, a meeting with their Carlos guy, the Bvex dude, and they're discussing the recording schedule for the single. Mm-hmm. Um, but they realize that Hayasaka hasn't shown up in a while. Hayasaka being the person who wrote their song. He was kind of a point of contention last season where, like, he's very, very tough on the girls, but he's written most of their music by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song that they are producing for the single was written by him. And so the girls are like, is he not going to be at the recording? And they're like, no, he usually comes, but he must have real confidence in you guys to not show up. Wink, wink, wink. Yup. And all the girls are like, this is sus. Yeah. Um, so at some point he does. So like later on, they do end up having the recording and he does show up, but he basically also says nothing. And the girls are like, oh, uh, yo, Hayasaka's ghost in us. Yeah. So actually, we forgot to mention this. There was a scene earlier mm. um, between Tenge and Hayasaka, um, Wug's president and the yes. songwriter. And Hayasaka's like, why are you like planning on going to Tokyo? And Tenge's like, well, we got this offer. We can't refuse it. And Hayasaka's just like kind of being shady's not the best word, but just kind of like you can tell he maybe has some beef with Tokyo and he's like, hmm, not feeling it. Yeah. And so this kind of follows up on that. There's definitely an implication throughout, especially the first part of the episode, being like, maybe going to Tokyo is not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, they got this offer. They feel like refusing it would be idiotic at this point in their careers. And they're like, we've been given this opportunity. We should follow through with it. And everything that comes with it. And this is one of the things Hayasaka, their songwriter, is just kind of... Yeah, he's kind of... He's eh. very iffy about the whole thing. Yes. Um, there also is like a little scene going back to the training, too, if we're reversing, uh, where Irie's like a little sad that she's in the lowest class. But then she's like, but I'm going to work hard to be in the highest class. And it's like, yeah. like, I know it's cute, but it's like, it's another thing where they set, took a long time setting up like all these ranks in this classroom and how intense it is. And it's like resolved in a montage. And you're like, I know it's a movie, yeah. but you didn't have to bring it up at all if that's the case. <laughs> Leave time yeah. for other stuff. Also, also, the movies are 50 minutes long. If you wanted to elaborate on this more, you could have. Yeah, it's like... Movies are generally an hour and a half, and it sounds, usually. It sounds like we're really scattered here, but we are because they keep bringing up tiny plot points and then either resolving them or just dropping them. <laughs> so there's a bunch yeah. right here in like the, about like the 30 minute mark of the movie. Yeah, it really does just feel like a long episode and they're not sure what to do with all the extra screen time. Yeah. 
Uh, it would be nice if they focused it, either focused it or fleshed out other things, but it's a little mm-hmm. scattered. Because speaking of not focusing, uh, yeah. we now get a scene with I1 again. Yeah. Um, but this is not in the same room as usual. This is... <laughs> we talked about last time how they were trying so hard to make I1 look like this super evil conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And so this scene is the pinnacle of that. Yep. We have a literal black room. Yep. Like it is completely dark. We've got this got this oval table it's with a- all these people on laptops who are illuminated only by the laptop screens and they're just going tick 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 the whole time. Yep. And meanwhile, this dude is in front of a projector giving a projection he's like and then this is how much money we- um I1 Club has made on our new singles in the last couple of months as you notice the graph is going down but that's totally fine and to be expected and then their um evil president shiraki's like uh no it's not motherfucker our time has come we need to do something to shake things up it's like dun 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 (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) but this scene this scene is so good we've seen nothing like this scene up until now and just it's so comically darkly lit you can't see anything else in this room like the all the characters are lit from beneath like they're telling scary stories around a campfire it's like evangelion yeah oh my god yep it's dramatic. If it's you didn't know they so were evil, dramatic. you know they're evil just in the now. Middle, just in the middle <laughs> of this film, we skip to the I-1 cult office dark room. <laughs> it's like, uh, did, did, the electri- did you guys spend so much money on your idols you couldn't afford to pay the electric bill? No? All right. You're going to hurt your eyes, but okay, whatever. Yeah, well, you know, how else are you going to show off your evil than to do that? It's so easy when you're evil. Yeah. You don't have to pay the electric bill. Um. So, yeah, so basically their evil plot to shake things up is... Do we want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, I guess we can. Yeah, their evil plan to shake things up is Shiho currently. Remember, she's such a Shiho. Uh, Such a fucking she-ho. She is currently the center of I-1. And the reason why she's the center is in season one, you find out that she was in a competition where she did one-to-one sales with Mayu, and whoever sold more was the center, and whoever didn't was out. Right? Mm-hmm. So then Shiraki... And so now we're doing this again. <laughs> yeah, Shiraki's like, oh, since the last time we did that, uh, the person left and formed a super popular idol group that's now beating us in rankings. Why don't we do that again? <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. So now Shiho, our antagonist idol from last time, is being set up in a competition versus this other girl who we've never met before. Never ever. Um, she's short. She's got like this very short, like chin chin length bobs, kind of reddish. Her name is Mocha. She's cute. She's cute, yeah. But uh, she she's got some stuff going on with her that we will elaborate on later. Because mm-hmm. um, I have thoughts about I one centers and their personalities. Wow. Um, but yeah. So now Shiho's like, oh shit, they're doing the exact same thing to me. I won't let anyone else be center. I am the center. Damn it! And she's just very, very like her eyes. Like she's got like the shadow over her eyes every time we see her, and she's just like super duper intense. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, yep, okay, intense. Okay, Shiho. I won. Okay, I won is intense. <laughs> apparently, yep, the I won cult. Um, 
so all of this has had going on and then the uh what girls are doing pretty good with their seven girls war single and mm-hmm. bvex is like yo you're doing great why don't you get Hayasaka to write you another song and we'll put out another single Mm-hmm. And the girls are super excited because they're like, oh my gosh, we're already getting a second single. This is amazing. Uh, they get told that they're going to be in a big collaborative concert mm-hmm. called B-Session. Yes. Uh, that's going to come up later. Um, and they're going to put them on TV on, and be like regulars on this one channel. Um, and so basically things are super looking up for them. All they have to do is get Hayasaka to write a new song for them to be their second single. But... The Bvex dude goes to Hayasaka, the songwriter, and is like, hey, so uh, you wrote that first song for us and it went really well. Can you write us another? And Hayasaka's like, no, fuck you. Yep. Uh, and he also kind of implies that, like, if you can't write a, be successful without my songs, then, like, you don't want the wake-up girls. You just want me. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, this is definitely the vibe that's been dropped is, like, this dude doesn't necessarily care. No, I, when I say this dude, I mean um the Bvex Carlos, people. yeah. They yeah, ca- Carlos and all of his affiliates. Um, they care let like he's trying to play it off like, oh yeah, wake up girls, you guys have some really good songs. I know that Hayasaka, the famous Hayasaka, wrote some music for you. Um, so you know. All of his songs are hits, so, you know, if you could, like, get him to write you guys another song, we could totally get you a new single and, like, continue to promote you. But, you know, like, Hayasaka's gotta do it, you know, because, like, he's the songwriter. Mm -hmm. He's the famous one. He is the one we want. And it just gets more and more obvious. Bvex does not care about Wake Up Girls. They care about Hayasaka's music and the money it brings them. Yes. Uh, So... Downside about this is the girls kind of already, well, I guess the WUG studio green green leaves, they already green kind leaves. of put their, you know, all their eggs in that one basket. So, like, at that point, mm-hmm. they're like, they canceled their local Sendai appearances so that they could have more time in Tokyo. And they all told their fans, like, oh, hey, we're moving to Tokyo while we prepare for our single and also for this B-session thing. And now they're like, mm-hmm. oh, but Hayasaka's not writing our song. <laughs> Is like, well, so now what? Um, well, what happens now is that uh, the Bvex people just get a random songwriter. Um, and they the girls comment, like, this is really different from what we've done so far. And the Bvex guy, Carlos, is just like, this song was chosen and written based on marketing research. And for you guys right now, this is the kind of song that people want from you. Um, the song is so bad, they don't even really play it in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, the outfits are super ugly. They're, like, black leotards with hot pink skirts and, like, ruffles, and it just, oof. They kind of look like Spinel from the Steven Universe movie. They do a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um. Point is, they're not cute. No, and also all the girls are, like, super not into it either like they're not very motivated about the song so like you can tell that they're like a little frowny when they're putting on their costumes or uncomfortable in their costumes yep and so like when the new song does come out no one likes it we get like kind of a long scene of scrolling through fantasy 4chan Mm -hmm. and how everyone's like well i guess wug was a one-hit wonder oh well (laughs) and just people not do not like the song um the, they have to sell 30,000 copies of the single 
in order to like continue their contract with Bevex and they haven't even gotten close to that so they start going out and trying to sell it on the streets like passing out flyers and doing concerts on the sidewalk but they kind of get drowned out because Tokyo is Tokyo mm-hmm. uh they also and just no one cares uh also on the tv show that they are supposed to appear on in Tokyo they notice that the other idols from Bevex are doing a lot better because they're like a lot more like <laughs> uwu <laughs> Yeah. So they're like, the, we the should TV be more thing Uwu. was so weird. Yeah. The TV thing is so weird. So the TV program that they're on to, as like part of their promotion is um there's just kind of like this big weird, I guess he's like a comedian. Mm. Um and he's got like this bowl cut and he's just like, "Hello, I'm the producer. What do you think about me?" And like all the other idols are just kind of like fawning over him in this like really creepy kind of way and they're like oh i love you so much i was like i'm an idol and i just want to be with you always i'm like who is this punk yep and so when the wake up girls try to do this they're like oh yeah we it's, yeah totally totally yeah you're you're great and stuff and apparently like the audience isn't buying it and so they actually get cut from that TV program because the ratings are so low every time that Wake Up Girls is on. Yep. I'm like, well, that, that job seemed like it was shitty anyway, yes. so good for you girls. Uh, also, at some point in the middle of this, you find out that Shiho lost the competition. It's another yep. thing that's very much just, they tell you. <laughs> they don't show you anything, yep. and you're like, okay, well, nope. there's that. <laughs> yep, it just kind of happens. Um, it's like they're spreading the narrative so thin and it feels like it's because they're worried you're going to get bored if we just focus on one group of girls but it's like it's like you could just you could still have the two groups of girls just don't have like 5,000 plot lines at the same time yeah that are either resolved in five seconds or not resolved Mm -hmm. yeah because I mean that kind of was my problem with the movies as a whole Mm -hmm. if we like it's it's maybe kind of early to break into this but like Throughout both of the movies, I just, like, I was enjoying kind of watching the progression. It's like, okay, what are they going to do now? How are they going to solve this problem? It's like, oh, their stuff's not selling well. What are they going to do? Like, I enjoyed the Wake Up Girls plotline. And I kind of enjoyed seeing Shiho's development. I thought it was interesting. Um, We'll talk about that Mm -hmm. more when we get to the second movie. But I actually really kind of enjoyed what they did with her character. Mm -hmm. But it just, it all kind of felt like stuff was just happening. Mm -hmm. And they weren't really doing much to build the tension. Like, they were trying. Mm. They were definitely trying. And then for whatever reason, it just wasn't hitting well. It's like we talked about in the last season. Yeah. Where, like, they try to set stuff up. And it just... So they're trying to write, like, a high-octane roller coaster. But it just ends up feeling like a kiddie coaster, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's because they don't know where to put their focus. And that's kind of how I felt about the first season overall, too. So it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. this is just more of the same from the sec- first season. Uh, but the mm-hmm. girls are still cute, and the songs are still cute. And they ha- like, and that's the thing that's frustrating, is like all of these little bits could be interesting plot lines, right? Like the Tenge thing, or would be like a fun plot line just for her. Or, like, Mm. either the school for the girls or the TV show for the girls or even just the failing in Tokyo part, but not all of this back and forth everywhere. It just, it makes you lose focus. It felt very scattered. Yeah. But, like, all of them are not bad ideas for a plot line. They just weren't given enough focus to really feel like they had, like, significant impact. Yeah, they were half-assing several things instead of whole-assing one thing. Yeah. To to quote a TV show. <laughs> and again, like the uh, like as concepts, I think they're all 
great concepts for plot hooks. Mm-hmm. It just weren't fully executed. Yeah, they weren't like as realized as they could be. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly why. Mm. I feel like this constant skipping back and forth didn't help. Yeah. But that didn't... I don't know what, like... I've been thinking about this. Like, uh, to be fair, I just watched the movies yesterday, Mm. but I watched them yesterday morning. So I've had like a good 24 hours to sit and think like, what could they have done differently? And it's like, there's not like an easy fix for this because it feels like they've just written themselves into such a weird pattern. You'd have to completely rewrite the movie. Yeah, for sure. To like, in order to, there's no like, oh, well, if you just change this thing about this character, it solves all your problems. It's not that simple, which Mm -hmm. is like, it makes it more interesting to think about and also more frustrating because, like, you can kind of see what the writers really wanted to do and they just couldn't get it to work. Yeah, that's kind of, that's been my feeling with Wake Up Girls overall so far. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but again, I, th- I think that they have the stuff there. It's just a little bit of a rewrite. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, yeah. It, this feels, I, I would almost say, like, based on that, this kind of feels like an early draft. Mm. And if they had spent some more time on it and given it some more love and maybe thrown out some of the extra stuff. Yeah. And maybe made it an hour and a half movie instead of a, like, this is the opposite problem that Idolmaster movie had. Idolmaster movie was, like, way too long and mm. they spent way too much time on, like, each of the individual characters yep. that we didn't really care about. Yep. This movie is the opposite of that. Yep. They they have to cram... They're trying to cram so much into such a short amount of time that none of these plot hooks really feel satisfying. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like... <laughs> a lot of people say it's like, you can make something better by making it shorter. I'm like, I want to see what they could have done with an hour and a half movie. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, there definitely are things that they probably should have just not even brought up oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> like like, I like the bvex training like the fucking, you didn't need that <laughs> yeah or, or the t like you could have done that in five minutes and then be done with it mm-hmm. even less than that you could have done that in three minutes and be done with it just say like we're taking lessons and this is the thing and yeah um i could have done without the tv show mm-hmm. because what was even the point of that other than showing that they're not good at stereotypical idling uh you could also going back to the i1 you could still have the whatever competition or find another way to get chiho out but not have so much time on all the other new i1 club characters mm-hmm. cuz like they keep introducing characters I and know. I'm like without giving me reasons to care about them yet and I'm like just in- introduce them and give me a reason to care about them at the same time mm-hmm. please please but anyways, all these girls, they worked really hard and they failed themselves um, mm-hmm. at selling their new single. And so they, like, give, like, a little concert in the park and they, like, nobody shows up. Like, there's kids there. Yep. And then the kids, like, run away and they're like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sarah, we have completely skipped over an important scene. Though. Oh, what's the scene? <laughs> well, because we, we completely skipped over the concert. Oh, shoot, right, they have a concert. <laughs> Hello, we got so wrapped up in um, just critiquing this movie that we <laughs> forgot, like, the kind of, the climax scene, arguably. So um, they've kind of been leading up to this concert with, like, all the BVEX call- talents called B-Session. Mm. And so the lead up to the concert has been they've been trying to promote themselves, they've been trying to get their names out there, they've been trying to push this new single, and just hasn't been working. So finally, we get to concert day, And, like, even their fanboy squad shows up, Um, but just when it's wake-up girls' time to go on, the entire audience, just no one's paying attention. Mm -hmm. Half the audience leaves to go to the bathroom, 
And, like, the fanboy squad is super upset. They're like, no, they're not paying attention to our girls. No! Mm -hmm. And so this um, is kind of like what... This is kind of like the low point in the movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tenge kind of comes back stage and talks to them. And he's like, so here's the thing, you guys. This is kind of what Tokyo is like. I know that I was the one who pushed us to do this because of the BVEX thing, but clearly it's not working out. So we've got two options. We can stay in Tokyo and try to deal with this treatment, or we can go back to Sendai and try and start over. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're like, well, let's keep trying to sell the song. And so that's what brings us to this final scene. Yes. Of them. Like, they do, they do like a mini concert in the park. Um, but there's only, like, two kids there, and eventually the kids just kind of get weirded out and leave. Mm -hmm. And so then all the girls are like, oh, well, shit, that didn't go well, so now what? And they're all just sitting on stage and just being like, what do we do? And then there's a point where, like, Miu, it's either, I think it was Miu, was like, well, we gotta figure out what's Wake Up Girls style. Like, what what are we trying to do with Wake Up Girls that's, like, will make us stand out? Mm. Which, again, would be a great overall plot hook. But that's okay. It's the end of the movie. Yeah, they, they did this in the they did this in the first season too, where they spend like the first five minutes of an episode like trying to ask their audience like, "What's the appeal of Wake Up Girls?" And then that plot line gets completely dropped, and we never see it again. So we I'm don't like, know. Well, wait, no, that that's like that's kind of important. And I feel like that's important, and you just kind of dropped it. Yep. Uh, and then because we don't because like at this point we don't know what their appeal is no. aside from their in Sendai. No. Like what is the appeal? And then you haven't told us yet. <laughs> I don't know. They're, it's an idol anime, and I watch those. We have a podcast about it. That's what their appeal is. Their appeal is mm -hmm. Yopi's new haircut. Come at me, bros. Oh. <laughs> it's cute. No, like, especially in the movie. I don't like it in the second season, but in the yet. movie, the second season, she, she grows her hair out. Go ahead yeah. and, like, look it up if you want. Mm -hmm. um, but her haircut in the movies is actually super cute. I like how it's kind of, like, tapered at the back. It's adorable. Fight me. <laughs> she, like, pulls an Azusa from Idolmaster. Yeah, kind of. Except, like, way later. Except way later, yes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so, basically, they're at, like, this kind of, like, tiny little stage in a park. And they're just thinking there and talking. And they're like, well, maybe we should try and stay in Tokyo. Or maybe we shouldn't. Um, but then the cute scene is, like, Irie starts singing Tachi Agare, which is their song from the first movie. And then all the other girls start kind of singing along, too. And it was just like a sweet little scene. Turns out Wake Up Girls um, is the friends they made along the way. Oh. Ba-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, so while they're, while they're having um, this scene, they're talking about how, like, well... We went through a lot of stuff in Sendai, and it kind of prepped us to overcome hardships in Tokyo, and I think we can really make Tokyo work. And then suddenly, Hayasaka appears. The songwriter is here. Trainer, Hayasaka appears. Girls, I have a challenge for you. It's like the NPC like keyboard sound. <laughs> I have a new song. Hayasaki used new music. So, it's super effective. It's super effective. <laughs> um, so he basically shows up. He's like, you know, I honestly thought you guys would have given up by now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cool that you didn't. But here's the thing. They're having a new idol festival, and this, and he shows them a flyer, and I'm like, oh, we're doing Love Live? Yeah, well, they did Love Live the first season, they're doing Love Live again. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> Love Live 2, Electric Boogaloo, anyway. Yep. Um, I'm not against the concept of an idol festival as a plot point, but it just, it was just kind of funny, because it's so Love Live. They're yep. like, okay, we're, ch- they're changing how it goes in the second season, yep. and also, the rivals, the I1's actually gonna be competing this time, and they're like, buh? And then he, he just hands them a new song, and then leaves. And, like, the thing and... about the idol festival for, like, Wake Up girls like first and second season it's like i can kind of get it in love life because they're like high schoolers and presumably there's not like companies and money involved but like Mm -hmm. it just feels such a cop out (laughs) you know because like there just feels like a other ways to make like to show about like an actual like idol company getting popular or even quote-unquote competing against another idol company than like a one-on-one idol festival yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's not one-on-one, Sarah. There's oh, other yes. idols competing, uh-huh. even though we barely see them. <laughs> um, which is a problem I had with Love Live, actually, but yep. it's fine, it's whatever. Um, but yeah, because, like, Idolmaster had their whole beef rivalry thing, and that was a point of contention. Yeah. Um, but I, Idolish I don't mind... 7 did a very good job. Because, mm-hmm. like, there, there's alternate ways to show yeah. an idol progression without having to do, like, the tournament arc. And in some ways, like, I didn't mind it, like, in the first season. Like, sure, there's an idol thing. But, like, <laughs> then you're doing it again. They're bringing it back. <laughs> like, like... Do Second verse, same, same as, as the, the first. first. And the other thing about this one is apparently I1 is competing this time, which they didn't mm-hmm. the first time. But in both seasons, I1's the one running it. So it's like, why... <laughs> Like, on any point, mm-hmm. why would I want to do this? <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, I mean, I, I will fight against you saying that just because, like, the whole, the I1 subplot in this movie was that they're losing money and so that they sure. are actively trying to shake things up, which is like, okay, well, now we're actually going to compete. But then, it like, I think Hayasaka says this. It, it's either in this movie, it's, at some point, Hayasaka is talking to evil producer and he's like, why are you competing? you're gonna slaughter anybody who goes against you which like yes it does not really make a lot of sense for them to be competitors because they're obviously going to win because they're also the judges they're also the judges (laughs) (laughs) well okay so that's my other problem that's my other problem Sarah. that's my other problem with this is because they're like oh they're changing the way that it's judged and then they never tell us how it's no. judged. And, well, they never tell well, the us thing that was what saying, the qualifications are. Also, the thing I was saying that doesn't make sense isn't I1 entering the competition. It's I1 hosting a competition that amps up their rivals at all. If I1 wanted to have a competition, why don't they have a com- competition with just their subgroups, which they apparently have because they sent Shiho to one? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it's... It, yeah, I definitely can, as we're talking about this, like, I know you complained about a lot of the drama feeling manufactured. I'm like, yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah. 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 But we're on to anyway. the second movie. Well, no, no. Oh, oh yeah. Sarah, oh, I want to talk. There's one more I, thing. I want to talk. I want to talk about the closing song for oh, the yeah. second movie. Because it bops. It's cute. Um, Yeah. So the sec- the song that Hayasaka gives them is called Girls Symphony. Mm-hmm.
And so that is, they, I guess, immediately know the choreography, which I'm, I'm willing to wave a hand yeah. at because, like, they needed a song and dance number in this movie at some point. Oh, it's for whatever. Sure. Um, so at this, like, little onstage music, or this little on, this little park stage, um, it kind of cuts back and forth between the credits and song and dance numbers of them performing this new song that Hayasaka gave them. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is very similar feeling to Tachiyagare, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay, girls, we're going to take this song and we're going to make a fresh start. And then the movie ends. Yep. So... Um, and then we don't really have an after credit scene. It's just like a preview of the next movie. So that was a question I had for you, Star. Were these movies mm-hmm. aired at the same time? Or did people no, have to... No, they, they were a few months apart, I believe. Okay, gotcha. So people watched a 50-minute movie and then had to come back and pay and watch another 50-minute yeah. movie. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> the, it, Sarah, going to the movie theaters in Japan's freaking expensive. Yeah. Like, I went and saw a few movies, um, and it was like $20 per ticket. Whoa. And that was for, like, a full... I went and saw Detective Pikachu while I lived there. That's, like, my one um, mm-hmm. movie experience. But it was expensive because most cities... Like, you have to go to a big city to see a movie theater. There's no, like, small-town movie theaters as far mm-hmm. as I know. Like, going to the movies is kind of a big deal, and tickets are really expensive, and it's like, these are 50-minute movies. That's the other thing that's- That's wild. Just from a, like, not Wake Up Girls side of thing, but, like, the actual, like, production of Wake Up Girls, the franchise, I feel like- I feels like a bad, like, move on their part, right? Like, from a marketing side. Yeah. Because it just makes it harder for people to- like access to it see their series and therefore yeah. watch and or buy the DVDs of the second season. <laughs> mhm. Especially for us English plebs who never got a licensed version of the subtitled versions of these movies and have to watch them with like not so great fan subs on YouTube. Well, in it's... order to understand the plot <laughs> well, of the second season. <laughs> well, to be fair though, us finding it on YouTube, it probably is harder to find it on YouTube in Japan. Like, I mean, true, but at least like they understand the words and don't <laughs> need the true. subtitles. I'm just saying they didn't make it accessible for anyone. <laughs> no, Wake Up Girls is fraught with problems. Like throughout it seems i guess the question i have is is... i wonder why they chose to make the movies like plot canon you know yeah like i feel like like, why couldn't Mm -hmm. i I was wondering that too because like they changed um i wonder if it was just like we okay we tried doing the seasonal anime thing we didn't like it let's just make it a bunch of movies Mm -hmm. and so they did that and they made, like, two more 50-minute movies that are, like, canon to their plot that you have to have seen the series first in order to understand the plot of the movies. Um, but then they switched animation companies and moved it over to um, a sec- a new company with a completely new art style for the second season. Mm-hmm. And I just... Yeah, because at that point, it's like, if it's a new company, it's a new art style, why are you making season two hinge on the movie in season one's plot. I'm just trying to think of, like, any other show that has done this. Because can you imagine if, like, like, what's big right now? My Hero Academia is huge right now. Can you imagine if there was just, like, in the middle of this arc, they just had an entire arc of My Hero Academia 
that was a movie that you could only see in Japan, <laughs> and just everybody outside of Japan was just completely shafted. I mean, to be fair, Hero Academia did do that. They did have a movie, like, right in between seasons, but it was, like, an in-between season. You don't necessarily have to watch the movie to understand the next season. It, it supplements yeah, it, I mean, but like, it's not required. That's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if it supplements it, but it's not required, like, watching, it's very different. Like, yeah, and I mean, like, Full Metal Alchemist is one of my favorite anime ever, mm -hmm. and, um, um, they had like they both versions of it the original series and brotherhood both had movies but the um the i guess the first movie was weird because it was supposed to be like the rap on the season and we don't talk about <laughs> shambala um we don't talk about most of the 2003 full metal alchemist that's fine but um i've never seen the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood movie because I don't need to. Yeah. Because it's just like a little bonus snack afterwards. Mm. It doesn't involve the plot. I'm just trying to imagine, like, Full Metal Alchemist is a plot, is a movie, or a, it's, fuck, I'm getting so worked <laughs> up, I can't speak English. It's a very, it's like, it's very narrative heavy. There mm. is a plot that goes from episode to episode. There's not really much filler in that series. Can you imagine if they just randomly removed an arc from Full Metal Alchemist, made it into a movie that you could only see in theaters in Japan and then was never released in English, and then they come back to it for a new season and expect you to have seen the movie? Wild. No one would watch your second season. And I feel like that's what happened here. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you make this choice? And they've shot themselves in the foot doing that for the first movie, I feel yep. like. But at least the first movie you can watch on Crunchyroll if you're an English-speaking pleb like me. Yup. For sure. It's just Crunchyroll <laughs> sponsor us. It just it just feels like a really weird production because of because of it being plot canon like i i'm i'm mm -hmm. totally cool with ovas and anime movies it's just really weird that but they... not if they're an intrinsic <laughs> part of your plot and you don't make it super obvious when you're trying to watch this series and enjoy the story yes it's definitely it's really so weird. ass backwards it's so weird like listen 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 i'm saying this out of love i really enjoy wake up girls as a series acknowledging all of its fault i really do love this franchise i love the characters mm -hmm. the music is great i think it's an interesting anime but they self-sabotage so much and it's like nandi why are you doing this just like just like bbc's sherlock oh my circle. god i cannot believe you've done this sarah you can't anyways movie two we're back in <laughs> movie two. Oh my god i uh, like my Face, my muscles are all tense now <laughs> from just screaming about Wake Up Girl. <laughs> I feel like this is almost our most contentious episode so far, and I'm genuinely sorry to Wake Up Girls fans, but like we've discussed this yeah. in previous episodes. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly which episode, but we definitely talked about it at some point. How we're not just going to heap praise onto every single show we watch. If there's problems mm -hmm. that we feel are important to point out, we're going to point them out. And Wake Up Girls having two movies in the middle of their franchise <laughs> that you need to understand the narrative, I would consider a problem. Anyway, movie two. Movie two. Beyond the Bottom. Beyond a dumb name for a film. <laughs> Beyond the Bottom. 
<laughs> makes me think of Beyond the Booty. Beyond the Bottom sounds like it would be the name of like some like <laughs> like lactate. No. Sarah, so, oh god! First of all, <laughs> ew. Second of all, just just. I had a point. Something, something beyond the bottom sounds like ass backwards. Anyway. (laughs) Movie two. So, (laughs) despite the fact that we spent the end of the last movie building up to them saying we want to start over and try again in Tokyo, Mm -hmm. they are no longer in Tokyo. They are back in Sendai. And I was like, wait. Wait, but wasn't the final scene of the movie the whole point that was like, oh, we've been through shit in Sendai, we're gonna keep trying to make Tokyo work, and then you just completely threw that out the window and now they're back in Sendai again? Yep. Between movies. <laughs> Un- you don't see it. It just happens. Nope. Guess not. Uh, also, okay, wake they, up, girls. They, all of the weird arrangement with Bivex and their contract, etc., was also handled by, behind the scenes. They're done with Bivex. Yep. Because, like, this is another thing where they could have shown this to us, and they just opt to tell us instead. Yes. And they're just like, okay, we have broken our contract with Bivex. Um, they found- fa- Well, I-, I guess technically we do get a scene of it, but we get a scene of it after they tell us. We get a flashback after they've told us yeah. what happened with Bivex, which was odd. Um, so it turns out that Bivex found out that Hayasaka gave them a new song. It was like, oh, hey, can we produce that one? Can we have that one? And Wake Up Girls was like, no. Nah. We Fuck uh you. sorry, we uh need to focus on the idol festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh idol festival. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is uh bye. Bye. Which on the one hand, yes, good for them. Th- that's what that was the right move, I mm-hmm. think. They that's what they needed to do, because Bivex obviously didn't actually care about them. Mm-hmm. So their goal now is to prep for the next idol festival because they are now completely competing directly against a1 and a lot of popular tokyo idols which like it was weird that they put so much emphasis on this because like yes there were a lot of popular tokyo idols in the last one yep what's your point yep so still gonna compete but they're practicing they're back in sendai uh tenge basically begs for them to go back on like the local tv and do their local spots again and they pretty mm-hmm. much get them back immediately uh i mean there's well, like a little no, discussion but they don't get them back immediately. They're like, you. well, we can't just put you back on the show. We're in the middle of a season, but maybe once summer starts, we yeah. can get you back on. But it's not as much of a, it's not as much of an issue as they made it seem like it might be in the first movie. Yeah. Um, um, so they go back to Hayasaka's training schedule, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the really intense training and also three concerts a day, which still feels weird to me, but whatever. Yes. Um, they also get merchandise, which they didn't have before. Yeah, which they didn't have before, and then it, they bring up this whole thing about, like, oh, yeah, we're also going to sell merchandise, and then it never gets brought up again. No, but you do see their fans wearing it, which is cute, so. Mm. I have a feeling it's product placement for, like, the actual real-life people who are watching these movies to buy. Oh, oh, like, definitely. So, that's what that was for. There was a commercial break. Yep, at like the first five minutes of the movie, it's time for a commercial break. Yes. Buy our merch. Buy our merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a short scene where they are performing at like this outdoor market. Um, and so they kind of like tell their fans, it's like, we're starting over again in Sendai, completely doing the opposite of what we said we were going to do at the end of the last movie. Uh, but at the very least, their fanboy squad is there and they're super excited we get like a montage of them like performing a whole bunch, doing promotions, doing stuff out on the street. There's a weird scene where I guess they performed alongside like some uh, 
like historical reenactors. Yeah, I guess. Like this scene was weird and didn't need to be in the movie, but okay. Um, there's like these old Japanese like sam- costumed samurai performers, and I guess Wake Up Girls like performed during their reenactment and they're like yes this Um, is accurate to samurai bakumatsu rock which was definitely historic and definitely happened so here we are uh uh-huh uh-huh um but yeah it's just like this awkward little scene of them talking to these guys who are just like constantly in character it was like it was cute don't know why it needed to be in the movie yep um so another actually cute scene which i did enjoy is um they're at their concert um, one of their regular concerts, and you can tell that now that they've started doing this more regular they, regularly, their audience is actually, like, super unified, super into it. They have their call and responses all worked out, and I'm like, aw. Yeah, they're doing good. This is a nice little scene of growth. This was a good scene. Because, like, their first few concerts, like, the audience was just, like, a bunch of scattered dudes, but now they're, like, actually all doing the call and responses in unison. It's like, aw, growth. I know, like, we talk about how it's fun when, like, the fan characters, like, have a little spotlight or are brought mm-hmm. up in other shows. Like, obviously, the Budokan anime, but also, like, yeah. Zombieland Saga. But I really like how Wake Up Girls did it. I think yeah, that Wake Up fan- Girls is fun. Because mm-hmm, I think their fan characters are fun because... They feel like real fans. They're not just like, they're not just over the top, but they're also not super reserved, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they feel like, you know, real fanboys. Yeah, it's nice. Like, I mean, we're kind of backtracking a little bit on all the crap we've given the show so far about how it's like, just narrow it down to a couple things. But like the fanboys and seeing the fan response, that's kind of an important thing about idols in general. And so this is a nice thing to see because like you kind of constantly go back and forth. It's like every time there's a big new development, you kind of cut back to the fanboy squad and see how they feel about this. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like is kind of an interesting relationship to be developing on screen with like your fans and your idols and i think like we don't see too too much of them most of the fans like the main fanboy has a name but the rest of yes. them are just fanboy squad he's oda-san and i just so he's our otaku that's what it is yeah <laughs> but um it's just it's just nice to see and also it's a good way of showing their progress as idols because the fanboy squad grows there's more people mm. they talk about like setting up a fan club and I'm like, okay, okay, see, this is a good metric of showing idle growth mm-hmm. um, and also just kind of like seeing how people are responding to them because your audience is an important part of growing as an idol. You have to convince people to like you as well. So I thought that was really interesting yes. and cute and nice. Uh, and speaking of side stories, uh, this is kind of where you also figure out what happens to Shiho is that she gets yep. sent to Hakata, uh, so very, very far away from Tokyo, and yep. she is going to be part of, like, a new subgroup of I1 that is, like, starting up there. But, like, all the people are newbies. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, I want to talk about this scene, though. Because, mm-hmm. basically, um, after we find out that her single loses, she's being demoted from, like, I1 center because this girl Mocha won. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I was going to say earlier, Sarah, is that, like... Um, I forget if we were recording when I said this, but I did watch the trailer to confirm something. Uh-huh. Mocha is the antagonist of season two. No, that's so confusing. So she does, at least that's what it looked like in the PV. I'm not sure how much screen time she actually gets, but that's a thing. Okay. So I was I was worried that they were going to introduce this character and then never see her again, but it's like, okay, so she does come back later. Okay. Gotcha. But so Shiho 
Shiho now, our antagonist from season one, um, she's got like this dramatic sit down with the producer and he's like, instead of you being center, I have a new job for you. You're going to Hakata. And then she gasps and then we <gasps> switch scenes. And I'm like, is she an assassin? Yes. What's going She's on going here? She's going into Hakata to assassinate other the idols. The president. <laughs> to assassinate the president. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Idol Pendants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if we bring stealing the Declaration of Idol Pendants into our Idol Illuminati like overall meta plot, what does that mean for Idol Days? I have to go back. Nicholas Cage, Sama. I have to go back in and connect these dots again. I'm so concerned. Listen, it's just one more thing for us to put on that eventual Idol Days, Idol Illuminati conspiracy board poster that we're totally doing at some point. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So around this time, after his talk with Shiho, that's where the um, Hayasaka conversation of like, why are you entering the festival? It's going to be a slaughter for anyone who goes mm -hmm. against you. Which like, yes, I agree, Hayasaka. It's weird. We don't come back to that ever. Nope. So Shiho actually, um, we see her like emptying out her locker. Mm -hmm. And she actually seems like weirdly calm. Yes. She's and, ready. To, she was like, she she's was, ready to kill. She's like... <laughs> I have I have come to the conclusion that this is not the best for me. I'm gonna go assassinate the president. I'm gonna go assassinate <laughs> the, the president. The president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna steal the Declaration the of Idol Pendants. I'm gonna get tutoring from Nicolas Cage Sama. Oh no! Um, so she's gonna do, go have a character arc somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so we find out soon afterwards uh, what her deal is. So like Hakata is the home of a small town idol group called Next Storm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mostly I-1 trainees and she is going to be in this group and kind of lead them. Um, but we cut to Shiho and these three new girls and they're so nervous around her. They're just itty bitty babies. Yeah. And they're like, we, we all really admire you. And uh, we've been practicing a song that, um, that you used to perform in I1 Club. And I actually do want to talk about this song a little bit. Oh. Uh, the song is called Little Challenger. Um, and this is actually the same song that Mayu watched on that DVD in the first movie. Oh. And I went and looked it up, and it's actually kind of a bop. Nice. I actually really enjoy this song. Hey. It's on all the all the Wake Up Girl songs are on Spotify, by the way, if you want to go listen to them. Mm. They're good jams. This was just a segue and an excuse for me to put in a slice of that song yeah. in the episode. Because it's a good nice. jam. <laughs> anyway, so now we get a weird scene. With Tenge, um, Wake Up Girls president. Oh, but going back, going back to them, them doing the cover of the I One song. Uh, they went she oh, yeah. over with the power of song and dance, so they're good. Yep, <laughs> they're all yep. good. Yep. <laughs> so Shiho kind of watches them, and she gets like a, a nostalgia flashback of performing with Mayu, like when wait when um Wake Up Girls when uh, I One first started, and then she like in the middle of the song kind of like gets up and joins them to dance along, and she. She just seems so zen now. Yes. Like, she seems so calm. I'm like, where did all this fury go? Have you just off screen just accepted your fate? What if I won, like, 
one of it, it's like actually the physical place of being an eye. One of you are possessed by the power of the center idol, and they're not okay, actually- Sarah. Sarah, though, I was actually thinking that exact <gasps> same thing because later we see Mocha, the new center, and she has Shiho's personality. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, what if I won is a cult, and whoever the leader is is possessed by the spirit of competition and idling. <gasps> and to make another reference, um, that like okay the game is a few years old at this point if you're not familiar with doki doki literature club if you don't know how that mo how that game ends it's whatever um sarah i don't know if you know about doki doki literature club yep. but it's kind of the same concept yeah. whoever the president of the literature club is becomes omnipresent within the Whoa. game <laughs> okay okay oh boy because this, this has so many implications for the idol luminari <laughs> Like, is this connected to the wall? Do you think it? Do you think it's connected to the wall? Oh my God! Yes, obviously. Do you think? Do you think that the other Shiho was also possessed by the Shiho, like the Idol Master Shiho and Wake Up Girl Shiho were possessed by the same like weird being? Sarah, Sarah, the group chat is what connects the group all chat of it. Connects the Veggie Idol them. group chat. <gasps> oh no, you're right. <laughs> They're being controlled oh by God. the group chat. <gasps> Oh, the evil group chat of idle evil. I don't know. Come up with a better name. Oh my for god! It, I, guess, I need but... to. I need to go deeper into this. You can. You might. If if you don't hear from me again, the the uh -oh. idle Illuminati got to me. Sarah, no, Sarah, no. You can't dig too deep. They're gonna come after you, Sarah. They're gonna find you, she, Sarah. No, how she we, gonna... I can't do this podcast by myself, Sarah. You can't. Shiraki's gonna send Mocha to assassinate me. <laughs> You're the president, Sarah. You're the idol president because we're the ones finding the truth. I don't want to be. I don't want this responsibility. Sarah, Sarah, no. I heard someone knock at your door just now. Sarah, get out. No. Sarah, you have to escape. Sarah, no. Oh, God, Sarah, no. They got to her. No, Sarah. Oh, God, what am I supposed to do? I can't host a podcast by myself. I gotta go. I gotta leave. I gotta leave. I gotta leave. Get on the ground. This is not a drill. This is the Idol Illuminati. We've come for you. I already left, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. That was a skit for okay. what's gonna happen in a couple hours. <laughs> Welcome to our highly immersive podcast. <laughs> Little did you know, Idol Days, the show about idol anime, is actually this a is horror, our... horror podcast. This is our ARG. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's an IRG. Idol. <laughs> oh, God. So I actually did, like, throw my headphones off and run out of the room for that last bit. So, uh. Yep. And if my audio is different, is... I shuffled my microphone a lot. <laughs> Here we are. I uh, I think this can go on the record as our most chaotic episode yet. <laughs> yep. I don't know why part two of Wake Up Girls has given <laughs> us this. Well, because we talked about the possession. We know their secrets. Do you think it has to do with I the gorilla? Oh my god, gorilla lives? The gorilla exhibit in 22-7? It's all connected. Who is Yamada Taie? 
<laughs> Who is Yamada Tai? Why is she legendary? <laughs> I okay. I once again apologize to everyone who Wake Up Girls is the first series that you've listened to of ours. Um, we try, we try and fail miserably to make each episode a standalone. Oh, are we? We can't resist our many. Ma- no, I think we've given up on that at this point. <laughs> I feel like we have to have given up on that at this point. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Wake Up Girls the movie, part two. Part two. Um, I forgot what was happening. I, oh, Shiho possession. Okay, Tenge. Tenge. Yes. So, um, Wake Up Girls president's, president goes to a bar and meets with this, like, jazz singer at the bar. There's not a whole lot that happens in this scene. Um, it's really just the two of them talking and they obviously know each other somehow, and we'll come back to them. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then for the Wake Up Girls, it's time for them to go on a promotion tour. Now that they have their merch, they're doing well on like their tiny Senge- Sendai live stage. They're like, we need to go and promote ourselves because there's still apparently an audience vote section, maybe, of this idol festival. Like, they imply it, but they never actually say it, and it just, like, does any of this actually matter? I don't know. Yep. But anyway, so they do, like, a national tour, which is basically the, them just driving around in this cheap van that they bought. Um, they sleep in the van, mm-hmm. and then they just, like, perform around the cities that they visit. Yep. But also, it's kind of cute because there's like, they, they see the van for the first time and it's like really old and really dusty and kind of shitty. And they're like, okay, well, car wash scene. It's not sexy though. It's just them like, okay, we're going to fix up this car and make it look nice. And um, they name it the Wug Wagon. Yep. And it's really cute, and they put a bunch of, like, company stickers on it. And it's like, oh, it's the Wug Wagon. The Wug Wagon. It's the Wug Wagon. Uh, there's a little montage of their tour. Uh, you know, they go around. They they perform with the demons of Oga. I don't know if we mentioned yeah, that. No, Sarah, 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 <laughs> we need to talk about this scene, though, because did you see the subtitles on this scene, though? I, I don't think I noticed what you were talking about. Okay, because um, so <laughs> I'm going to put this picture that I took in the group chat so that you can see what I'm talking about. So like we said, we did have to watch a fan sub version of this because like there's no official English mm. version. And um, the version of the subtitles that we watched um, is a little bit wacky and they decided to just uh, kind of go off on a tangent during the part where the, wa- where the uh, demons of Oga show up and I am sending this picture to you now. <laughs> I didn't know this! There's like a like a blink and you'll miss it scene where like the wake up girls go backstage to where the demons of Oga are waiting. They open the door. These girls are all there in their demon costumes and they immediately shut the door. And there's no there's no dialogue here. It's like a really short little scene. But whoever did this fan sub wrote, Sarah, would you like to read it? Ahem. Fucking dark souls tear shit going on. Yeah, um, in the subtitles, and it made us laugh, or it made me laugh. It makes me laugh now. Hard. It's great. I had I had to pause and rewind a couple times trying to get that screenshot because it happened so fast. Oh my god! But once I finally read it, I'm like, what the fuck? Fan subs, incredible. You never watch fan subs anymore. It's just like, ah, oh, this brings me back to my youth. Top tier. Kaku means plan. <laughs> Kaku <cetera>. means plan. <laughs> <laughs> Watching anime in three parts on YouTube. Yup. 
Oh, this reminds me of my youth. And speaking of youth, these young girls are on their tour. And at some point, <laughs> they apparently are going to tour near Hakata, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. And that's where Shiho is. And yep. Mayu's like, uh, do I want to see her? Do I not want to see her? But then she gets like a, a text from like some of the other I1 like, higher-up members that like mm-hmm. both she and Shiho worked with and they're like we haven't heard from Shiho in a while could you go check on her mm-hmm. and so Mayu does and she seems a little bit hesitant but she does meet up with Shiho and they have kind of this conversation um that's like a little weird at first but you can actually tell that like Shiho has calmed down quite a bit yes she has been she is no longer the I1 president so she is no longer possessed by the spirit of competition so uh she's basically like well I don't want you to pity me and you know what's going to happen is we're going to go our hardest, like our little tiny storm group, and we're going to take you on like on equal playing field, and we're going to beat your butts. But also, if you want to get dinner later, that's cool. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a lot. And like Mayu kind of responds to this. This is like, oh, she has. And like, I actually also respond to this. I'm like, you know, this, this was probably like a good change for her because yeah. she has chilled out quite a bit and it's nice to see it's like maybe despite her kind of like losing everything maybe that's kind of what she needed and then me sarah is like i wish i wish this was about she <laughs> like all the wake up girls she's like the most interesting character right now with these yeah, movies yeah yeah <laughs> so. honestly yeah um but then we see new the new center mocha is like she's getting stressed out from all the pressure and so now she's the one with the evil eyes and the I won't lose mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, She-Ho's like kind of giving a talk to her new like chicklets and being like, hey, we're I know that we're new, but we're still going to do our hardest. And we actually see her smile a little bit. And it's like, oh my God, she's a new, who is this? Whomst is this She-Ho? She's a new ho. She's a new ho. <laughs> she's not a She-Ho. She's a... She-Ho! Like you say, ho, oh. what there? Yes. She ho, travelers. <laughs> she ho. <laughs> what ho? She ho. What ho? She ho. She ho. Uh, anyway. And then. So now it's, now it's time for prelims. We completely skip prelims. We, prelims happened. The end. <laughs> they win. They win. Like, we don't even see prelims. They're like, okay, everybody, it's time for prelims. Wow, I can't believe that we won prelims. Yay. And then... <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, I didn't need to see prelims. I kind of appreciate that they didn't, like, drag that yeah. out. And then, like, right after they win prelims, they find out that they need a new song for the finals. And it's like, wait, you mm-hmm. guys you guys didn't look at the rules before you entered the No, 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 Sarah, they, they, Sarah, no, they knew this. This That's why they quit BVEX. They're uh, like, we're going to need two new songs right, for this idol right. festival. We're going to need one for prelims. And so now we're going to need a new one. But either way, they, Objection! Don't, they don't bother <laughs> to find a new song until after prelims either way. Yeah, it's like, mm, maybe you should have uh, done that beforehand. Um, so they go to Hayasaka and he kind of is like, nah, nah, if you got, I want you guys to be able to prove that you can win without using my songs. And they're like, oh shit. And so then they go to Twinkle, the people who wrote their first couple of songs and they're like, sorry, we're really busy. So we can't. And then they're like, well, shit, we only know two songwriters. Yep. Uh, the re- resolution for this actually does happen pretty soon. There, there's another scene in between that's important, but I think 
Mm-hmm. We'll, 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 get we'll back circle to back it. to it for the sake of ease. But in the end, the president goes to a bar and you see the same lady she was talking to in Hakata. And it turns out she is a friend who was in St. Forty with her. And she mm-hmm. used to write songs for St. Forty. And she even won like some awards, but she was like a shadow mm-hmm. writer. So no one knew she was a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And Tenge's like, hey, do you want to write a song for these group, these girls? They kind of remind me of us. Come watch them. And invites her friend over, and her friend watches them dance. And the friend's like, yeah, they totally remind me of us when we were younger, and I will write your song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're going to circle back to that important th- scene that was just like kind of crammed in the middle of this. We hinted earlier that, that Nanami was actually going to get some character development, and this is that. Yes. Uh, so we see Nanami, a ponytail Takarazuka girl, um, and she is like getting a ride home from her dad. And she, the entire time, is acting extremely tense. So this was, like, actually a really good example of show, don't tell. Mm. Um, I actually really enjoyed this scene. Because you only they only tell you exactly what you need to know, and the rest is kind of gotten across by their personalities and how they're reacting to mm. each other. And I thought it was like, mm, chef's kiss. This is good writing. I wish the whole movie was this. But basically... So Nanami's like just kind of like hugging her backpack and acting like very insular the entire time. And her dad's like, so you've been doing this idol stuff a lot. Uh, the Hikari Zuka exam's coming up and you know that your mom and I sacrificed a lot to get you that because it's been your dream forever. So I think you need to start focusing and preparing for like what you actually want to do, mm-hmm. which is like the Hikari Zuka exam. Which we covered a little bit in the first season, but now we're kind of coming back to that. And her dad's pressuring her. is like, this is what you said you wanted to do. So we prepped you for this. And so you need to actually spend some time doing this. Which means he's kind of basically telling her, like, you need to stop doing so much of this idle crap. Yep. Uh, So later on when they're practicing their new song, which like all the girls are like, oh, heck yeah, this new song. It's the best new song ever. So they're practicing, Mm -hmm. but Nanami is like super not like engaged right like everyone Mm -hmm. can kind of tell there's something going on with her Mm -hmm. uh and it gets to the point after practice where Irie's like hey uh why don't we talk about this yeah so she ends up at Irie's house and they kind of talk about it a little bit and Irie's like I feel like you should just be honest with the rest of the girls because we don't have a whole season for you to do what Mayu did so you just (laughs) need to like talk to them like right now because we've only got like 15 minutes left of this movie come on time's running out (laughs) and Nanami's like okay so then we skip to the next day Mm -hmm. and um so Nanami is talking to the other girls about her situation basically apparently um, so Hikari Zuka has like this school that you can train in. And then that's like kind of your path into the gr- theater group is kind of how I understand mm-hmm. it from the movie. Um, and the way she puts it is after you're 16, it gets exponentially harder to get accepted into the academy. And since she's going to turn 16 next year, this is kind of the last good opportunity she has to try out and potentially make it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also doesn't want to quit Wake Up Girls because, like, she's put so much into this group and she really cares about the group and all the members and, like, they just got this new song, so what does it mean if she quits now? And she starts crying and the other girls start crying. And one sweet thing is that Minami has this good luck charm that she had in the first season. Mm-hmm. 
that like her grandma club made her and so she gives it to nanami and nanami's like but this is your treasure i can't just take this from you and it's oh god it's this scene actually like i didn't cry but i kind of like felt it in my doki maker mm. i'm like oh baby so and so basically <laughs> the conclusion that all the girls come to and that she comes to is like wake up girls is something is obviously something you love but takarazuka Hikari Zuka, Hikari Zuka has obviously been your dream, so you should try out for that. You should. Oh, oh, and then the other thing is that um, she can't do both because it's the, the same finals, day. <laughs> it's the same day because of course because it of is. Of course it is. The the Hikari Zuka exam is on the same day as the Idol competition finals. And guess what that means? It means what dramatic it mean? scene, going to the airport, tears yep, streaming down yep. your face, and then. It's yep. time to give up on your dreams. Here we are, guys. <laughs> We're back to love life. <laughs> yup. Yeah, but I mean, like, to be fair, at least in this instance, she came to this con- conclusion by herself. True. And not because Mayu came to the airport and talked <laughs> her out of following her dreams. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you get, you get like like 10 minutes towards the end of this movie of them working up about how Nanami is going to leave and it gets really sad and really dramatic and then there's a, like a 10 second scene where she's like actually never mind I'm back hi <laughs> <laughs> well okay like I know that we're comparing it to love life I feel like this was like I said because it was not like someone else showing up at the airport and convincing her that she actually did come to this conclusion on her own this was actually I would argue better than how love life did sure. it sure it was just such like, a if, if, quick problem it, resolution yeah. solved. We did it I mean, immediately. Yes, <laughs> certainly yes. Not denying that. I'm just saying if we're comparing this to the airport scene from Love Live, mm-hmm. exponentially less frustrating. True. Just because like this is a conclusion that she came to for herself. So you know it's not just, oh, I just want to stay with my friends and be in my comfort zone. It's... Mm. I have these two things. I have made my decision. I'm going to do the idol thing. Mm-hmm. So, but what that basically means is that now it's the day before the idol festival and Nanami has to learn the song and the dance in less than 24 hours and also still get some sleep. She'll probably be okay because they, manage- they did that pretty good at the end of the last movie. So, I mean, yeah, fair. <laughs> It's just like, okay, yeah, sure, hand wave. We've only got 10 minutes of this movie left, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, presumably she was also maybe, like, at practice with them a few times before yeah. they had to change the choreography um, because she left. But eh, eh, hand wave, whatever, I yeah, get Yeah, whatever, it works. Uh, so, yeah, so now it's concert day. Yep. Uh, the girls are, like, practicing backstage, like, right up until they perform, like, trying mm-hmm. to get everything right. Um, we get another Shiraki speech, but thankfully it's very, very normal and there are no 9-11 yeah, references No, no references to terrorism this time, guys. We did yeah, better. Thankfully. We, uh, we've, uh, moved past that. They've learned from their first one. Um, so we get, so there's three groups that we focus on. There's I-1, obviously, um, and, like, they have, like, kind of a very, I would argue, basic kind of idol song i want is so basic um, 
Come on, guys. Yeah, they're, they're so, so basic. basic. God. Um, but the costumes are kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like mostly white and they've got like blue plaid skirts and shirts and stuff. It, it's it's kind of cute. Um, it's very standard idol fare, but it is like a little bit boring compared to the other entries. Because next storm, Shiho's group. Sarah, I love them. Yeah, they're cute. Sarah, they're great. So they've got like these red and black outfits with little devil horns and they have like kind of this rock music and I'm like, oh no. Oh no, I love them though. Yeah, they're they're, like, and their song is really cute too. Like a little bit you Mm -hmm. hear, you don't, you don't get very much, but. Yeah, you get like 30 seconds tops of this song that they perform and it's actually really good. I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. But now it's time for Wake Up Girls to perform. And they and are. <laughs> Sarah, okay, so I have a vibe of, like, I know how I feel about these costumes. I want to hear how you feel before I say anything. They look like kid, they look like Pitt. They're all Kid Icarus. That's yeah. all they are. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. They're That's idol Kid Icarus. Like. <laughs> these costumes are very, like, Greek-inspired. They're Bacchanal, but, like, like the Japanese imagining of Bacchanal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they've got like kind of like the um the whatchamacallit, like kind of flower they're not flower headbands, what are they? Like laurels. Laurels, yeah. Um with like flowers and accessories and their various image colors. Um just think it's of just kinda like think re- of Pitt, really Greek. Think of Pitt from Kid Icarus, but if he was wearing a, a skirt instead of just the shorts. And that's what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, despite that, like, despite, like, it is kind of Greek and cute. I actually, I actually do like these no, costumes. star. I, really? They're, they're kind of, they're kind of no. cute. I guess, like, I guess the only outfits I've technically liked from Wake Up Girls are the next storm outfits. So I, I, maybe it's just yeah, not I don't my know. style it's like, overall. I, just, I like the, I like the floofy skirts That's and like fair. the little, the little, like everything from kind of like the shoulders down. I like, I feel okay. like the, the headbands were kind of weird. And I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about that. Cause like, it doesn't really, like it fits with the tone of the song, I guess, if you're going for kind of like this uh, angel goddess type thing. Um, but, like, I like kind of, like, the off-the-shoulder tops are kind of cute. I like the little, like, belt. <laughs> it's a toga. Um, I it's mean, so it's idle ugly. toga, yes. It's, it's fluffy. It's I think so it's kind of cute. Well, you liked the blue and yellow outfits from the end they're of last so season. They're so cute. They're like candy are, canes. They're hideous. No, they're candy canes. They're hideous, Sarah. No, we're fighting here. We have, <laughs> complete, the, we have completely opposite so wug views. yellow. <laughs> opposite wug views. They actually made a Nendroid of those costumes specifically. I'm like, why those costumes? Why not the green ones? Because the green ones are ugly. They have the no, little not, skin not... gap. Hate like, it. Hey, hey, no. We agreed in the last episode that aside from the skin gap, they were kind of cute. Yeah, but there's the skin gap. Okay, well, that's like one part of a costume. It's the it's part of the costume. The other ones are all cute. Okay, we're we're getting a little spicy. Maybe we should move <laughs> on. How do you feel about the song, though? The song is really pretty. The song is wonderful. So the song here is the same song as the movie title. It's called Beyond the Bottom. Mm. And it is awesome Mm -hmm. it's like like we can only fit a certain like we're trying to not get cop like tagged for copyright infringement so Mm -hmm. we can't put like huge long sections in here you uh, uh, like if you're gonna listen to one song from wake up girls go listen to beyond the bottom yeah because like it starts with like this really cool kind of like i don't want to call it auto-tune but it's like this kind of like 
pieced together version with like separate parts of their vocals mm-hmm. it's like a vocal mosaic i guess is like mm-hmm. the best way to call it it just sounds really cool and it like starts kind of slow and builds to the chorus it's so cool i love the song it's another song where i feel like again it feels like it would be like an anime opening you know like i feel mm-hmm, like a lot mm-hmm. of the wake up girls music has that sort of feel from my experience at this yeah. point which i like and they actually yeah so actually um wake up girls the seiyu group actually mm-hmm. did do the opening for an anime oh that would um, make sense i don't remember which anime but i keep hearing that song on spotify so hey. um but yeah so then this is the uh this is kind of like our play the song over the end credits Yep. And then the after credit scene is we see them holding a giant trophy with the sound of the uh, audience cheering for them in the background. But they're not going to hold that long because she who's going to come and murder them. <laughs> she Shio and the other girls just like drop kick them and then run <laughs> off with the trophy. It's like, I told you I wouldn't lose. <laughs> but no, yeah. So this is another thing where it's like, I'm happy they won. I'm happy for my girls. I'm happy that some more characters, mostly Nanami, got some growth, which was good. It didn't feel as satisfying as I feel like it could have. No, they could have shown the whole song at least. Yeah, and they really did it. And they do the dumb thing that I hate where they cut away to a random conversation happening backstage (laughs) for most of the song. Just show me the dancing. I want to see the dancing. God damn it. Especially like in a song this good, And in a movie, you had the time to animate it. You can't lie about that. You did. You had the time. Yeah. It's like you could have gone, you could have had this conversation like right before they started Mm -hmm. and then shown me more of the freaking song and dance that I paid to see in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Or alternatively, this conversation could have happened in season two. It didn't have to happen in the movie. Yeah, it was just it was just weird. Mm-hmm. And the, like, I don't even remember what the conversation was about. I just remember that I was frustrated because we were watching this instead of watching my girl. The conversation dance. was essentially Tenge's friend being like, yeah, I'll write for Wake Up Girls. But again, that could just happen in season two. Mm-hmm. But It was dumb. Yeah. But they won. So yay. They won. Yeah. It, it, like, uh, it didn't feel as satisfying as it could have. I am happy for them. I'm excited to see what happens in season two and how this kind of changes the dynamic because now these girls are t- they're top idols now. Yeah, um, they officially beat I One Club by regulations and qualifications that we have no idea what it was. A mystery, a mystery qualifications, mystery ranks. And say, and you said for season two, you from what you can understand, Mocha will be a more important character. So we'll get back. She to her. at least had a part in the trailer that I watched without subtitles, where she comes at them and is just like, "Hi, I'm Mocha. I'm angry, possessed. I'm so. I just. I need to investigate this further. Just nobody. <laughs> if you don't hear from me." You have you if any listeners. If you don't hear from Star and I, it, it's your duty to continue our legacy and uncover the idol Illuminati that's been hiding. You un- have to find the truth. <laughs> the truth is out there. <laughs> it's just hiding underneath all of these our little subtitled noses. We just got to find it. Mm-hmm. It's out there. So next episode will be our last Wake Up Girls episode. Um, yep, we're talking about season two, which at this point. I've only watched like three episodes and it was a long time ago. So I'm finally going to finish it mm-hmm. and then Sarah's going to watch it and we're going to talk about it. And maybe it will be less chaotic than this episode was. <laughs> we'll see. Or maybe it will be more chaotic. We'll find out. <laughs> Depends so on much what we uncover. There's so much that could possibly <laughs> so happen. I, I honestly, 
Sarah, I honestly thought that this episode was going to be shorter. <laughs> we went on this deep, dark it's tangent. It's almost two hours. We went on these deep tangents. We talked about, like, let's reminisce. We talked about Death Note. We talked about BBC Sherlock. Uh, there was part where the Illuminati came and killed you and replaced you with a robot. Sorry. So that's the whole thing that I have to deal with now. What? Our podcast episode was as long as watching both the movies. <laughs> Gotta love it when we talk for longer than the anime was. <laughs> so here we are. So, I mean, here's the thing, y'all. You could go watch Wake Up Girls, or you could just listen to us talk about Wake Up Girls for longer than the run of the actual show. <laughs> That's a thing. That's a choice that you have. But if you're listening to this part of the episode, seems like that choice has been made for you, eh, bud? Yay! So... <laughs> you're already in the help it with us you're already here you're already here so i'm already tracer and <laughs> so star if they want to find more about the people and the show that's uncovering the idol illuminati where can they find us yeah so we have our website that's idledays.card.co, I-D-O-L-D-A-Y-S dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O, um, or alternatively, idolluminati.com, because uh, we did reserve that domain. Um, and that's basically, like, we list all of our episodes, we have a little bit about us, we, like, um, we've got a couple of some secret stuff in progress that's gonna go up on the website eventually, but, like, anywhere you want to listen to it, to our podcast, we'll have links up there. I'm also working on getting a YouTube version up of our episodes, um, so be on the lookout for that in the future. Hey. Hey. Uh, and then, Sarah, if they want to keep up with us not on the website, where can they go? Uh, we are on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at at IdleDaysPod. That's at I-D-O-L-D-A-Y-S-P-O-D. Mm-hmm. And then we also um, have a Discord channel. Yeah. Um, the link is on our website. And so you should come and chill with us and talk about idols with us. It's a good time. Help us uncover the truth. Conspiracy. <laughs> Help us uncover the truth. The true meaning behind idols. The true meaning behind idol anime. Mm -hmm. And then just one other thing. I'm going to give a small hint for the next Ooh. show that Ooh. we'll be doing. Star Ooh. and I are going to give each other recommendations, and that's your hint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk. We'll give you guys some more hints um, when we're done talking about Wake Up Girls after next episode. But for our next kind of like round of shows, we each recommended a show to the other to watch, and I'm very excited about it because the show I'm getting Sarah to watch is one I've been trying to get her to watch forever, and the one she gave me seems very interesting so it'll give, we'll yep, see it'll be it'll 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 give us different perspectives on shows we each have already watched on our own which is nice yes 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 because i mean like that's that's kind of the joy of this like i had already watched wake up girls i was already a fan and now i get to like talk about it more uh in depth with my girl sarah because she apparently hates it <laughs> no no star i love those candy cane dresses the yellow and blue ones they're so cute they're so ugly <laughs> bad taste <laughs> we're getting spicy right at the end of the episode anyway this has been idle days thanks for listening everybody we've, we've been, been lady see you see next, you next live. live bye bye
Anyway, this has been Wake Up. This has been. <laughs> Shit. 